Section 19 of The Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 9. Savonarola, Part 1. In this history, we have more than once mentioned the name of Girolamo Savonarola. It will be convenient now to give a more complete account of his teaching and his political views. Let us first mention two salient points in his influence. We have seen that there was in Florence a sharp contest proceeding between the democratic and the monarchical tendencies. Savonarola broke in upon this strife with a strong democratic influence, and we shall best understand him by regarding him from this side. At the same time, from the point of view of general culture, the Medici, as the supporters and distributors of the new learning, wished to form a union between Christianity and Platonism. To this, Savonarola was vehemently opposed. While Platonic banquets were being held in the halls of Careggi, Savonarola was thundering in the church of St. Mark against any admixture of Christianity and paganism. Savonarola was born at Ferrara in the year 1452, a city which the brilliant court of the Este family made as illustrious and as active as Florence itself. His early boyhood coincided with the time when Pope Pius II was preparing for his fruitless expedition against the Turks. Savonarola became a Dominican friar at the age of three and twenty. At this time he wrote to his father, the reasons which move me to enter the religious life are these, the great misery of the world, the iniquities of men, the adulteries, the robberies, the pride, the idolatry, the cruel blasphemies, for the age has come to this, that one can find no one who does good. When he was thirty years of age, the war broke out between the Pope and Venice for the possession of Ferrara, which Sixtus IV desired to convert into a principality for his nephew. The Dominican convent was broken up, and Savonarola entered the cloister of St. Mark at Florence, illustrated also by the names of Fra Angelico and Fra Bartolomeo. He found the Florentines at this time strongly opposing the interdict which Sixtus IV had launched against Lorenzo de' Medici, and supporting the bishop of Carniola in his efforts to call yet another council together at Basel. Up to the year 1490, Savonarola preached in various towns of Italy against the papacy, saying that a renovation of the church was necessary, which would follow its present misery as spring follows winter. On his return to Florence in the above-mentioned year, he found Lorenzo de' Medici fast friends with Pope Innocent VIII, but it was not consistent with his principles to approve of Lorenzo's method of government, nor of his enthusiasm for pagan culture. As we have before said, he was in politics a democrat, and he regarded paganism as the natural enemy of Christianity. He attempted to reform his order. He did reform the preaching of his age, for a dull explanation of difficult texts of scripture couched in stiff and cumbrous syllogisms, he substituted a stirring appeal to the people in simple, homely language. He gradually assumed the style and tone of a prophet, 
there is no doubt that he considered himself prophetically inspired and thought that he was empowered by heaven to thunder against the vices of florence as isaiah and hosea had thundered against the vices of israel he dreamed that he had seen a sword suspended in the sky with the inscription gladius domini super terram quito et velaciter the sword of the lord above the earth speedily and swiftly he foretold the coming of a new cyrus across the alps no fortress and no sword would be able to stand against him savonarola was a man of small stature but well proportioned he had a high but wrinkled brow and blue eyes gleaming from under dark bushy eyebrows his most prominent feature was his nose which is familiar to us in the portrait of his friend fra bartolomeo or in the waxen bas-relief which his followers the piagnoni carried about with them as an object of reverence he was courteous in his address accessible to every one and marvellous in his power over men he knew the works of aristotle and thomas aquinas almost by heart and was probably better versed in the text of the bible than any theologian of his age the descent of charles the eighth into italy gave him that honour in his own country which a prophet so often lacks it seemed as if the king were coming for the very purpose of carrying out the preacher's views charles put forward as his two great objects after the conquest of naples the reform of the church and the expulsion of the turks from europe alexander the sixth did not much care for either of these ideas he naturally preferred that the church should remain as it was and he would have been willing to have placed gem instead of bajazet on the throne of constantinople but even if charles seriously entertained these designs he had not the ability to carry them out he made terms with the pope gave up the design of the turkish war and left the reform of the church to savonarola savonarola saw that political reform must precede religious reform he has left on record his views with regard to the government of florence his principles were based upon the teaching of aristotle and thomas aquinas he admits that a good monarchy is ideally the best form of government but it easily degenerates into tyranny which is the worst the rule of the mob which according to aristotle's definition would be called oclocracy is detestable the florentines are too independent to put up with a monarchy they must therefore have popular institutions these once existed in full vigour but they had been corrupted by the medici into tyranny a republican government is best for the city but the offices must be filled by the genuine vote of the citizens and that not all of the inhabitants which could produce confusion and anarchy but only of properly qualified citizens who shall form the great council he looked forward to the entire abolition of party and to the equality of all privileged persons he made it as might be expected a matter of great importance that no one should be admitted to the council who was not a man of good moral character he promised his fellow-citizens that if they devoted themselves heartily to the common cause they should speedily obtain possession of pisa savonarola did not apparently see that pisa had as much right to independence as florence the constitution of december twenty third fourteen ninety four 
was drawn up under the influence of Savonarola. Under this there were to be two councils. The first was to consist of all those who had completed the age of twenty-nine years before January 1st, 1495, and whose father, grandfather, or great-grandfather had been elected to one of the principal offices of the state, these being seniory, the standard-bearer of the companies, and the twelve buoniomini, or if they themselves had held one of these offices. If the number of these exceeded fifteen hundred, they were to be divided into three parts, and each part was to hold office for six months. The number proved to be two thousand three hundred. Every year additional young members of not less than twenty-four years of age were to be added to the great council. The great council was to elect a council of eighty, called the Richiesti della Signoria, members of which were to be at least forty years old. The signori, the various boards, the ten of liberty and the twenty accoppiatori or electors, were also to form part of this upper chamber. These twenty accoppiatori had been appointed on December 2nd, 1494, by a parliamento or general assembly of the people in the great square to choose the signory and the standard-bearer of justice. By this new constitution their power disappeared. Savonarola had considerable difficulty in getting his counsels of peace and pardon accepted. At that time the Otto di Guardia could by six votes send anyone into exile. This was supported by the common people as a security against tyrants, and especially against the party of the Medici, the Paleschi, as they were called. Savonarola succeeded in getting a general amnesty passed, and in giving those condemned to death or exile an appeal to the great council. It was also part of the friar's plan to do away with the right of calling a parlamento or assembly of the whole people in the piazza, which was the recognized way of changing the constitution. The abolition of this popular right was obtained with some difficulty. In fact, the proportion of Florentine citizens admitted to the government by Savonarola's constitution was small. The number of inhabitants of Florence at this time is placed at 90,000, whereas the number of beneficiati or persons capable of belonging to any deliberate or representative body was only 3,200. End of section 19.